Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. Today we're going to talk about Blade Runner 2049. I'm so excited about this. We love Blade Runner, the original. And we did talk about that in our intro because we watched it in Miss... Sorry. I said it again. (laughs) (laughs) Do the little... I'll put that sound in there to make you remember. To put the sound in. To put the... I I will do that. Um, Miss M's class from the first, um, the intro of this podcast. From Study of Film, the OG. The OG, yeah. So we were, of course, so pumped to see this sequel, which had both Harrison Ford and Ryan Gosling, who's also an amazing actor. So it was just, it was just so exciting to get to. And directed by my favorite movie of the Oscar season, Arrival. Yes, and you can hear us gushing about Arrival in our Oscar Picks nominees podcast. Yeah, if you want to hear about Oscar noms, Oscar Picks. Yeah, that was fun. Um, That was a ton of fun. Yeah, so basically this one is a sequel to the original Blade Runner. It takes place like 30 plus, 35 years from the, the first one, and it's it's... It's kind of a crazy... Like, I did not know where they were going to go with this story, but of course, the main arc of even the first Blade Runner is that what makes a human human? Um, replicants are the people who are made by somebody, but they're still flesh. So it's kind of like, what makes them different from somebody who's born? And I think that this movie really explored that even more so than the first one did. First of all, spoilers, if you have not watched it yet, do not listen to this, because it's massive spoilers. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're planning on seeing this movie, I would just wait. Definitely wait. Definitely don't listen to it now. Yeah. Don't listen to us talk about it right now. Because we're just going to talk about it a lot. All of it. Okay, so so first question. So was it made apparent, because it's been, it's been years since I've seen... Um, the first Blade Runner, but is it apparent that there was a blackout due to the replicants in the first one? No. Or did this one kind of backtrack to that? The bl- the the blackout takes place between the first Blade Runner and this one. That's right. Okay. So the it has not happened yet. Okay. And I actually watched. So there have been several short films um, leading up to this film, or ones that are definitely going to be on the DVD or the the digital release when this comes out because. This story is kind of one that takes place within an entire world of this idea about replicants. So I watched this anime called Blade Runner 2022 about these replicants who go and blow up this very big part of, like, it's something that controls all the electricity, basically. Mm -hmm. So when they blow it up, everything blacks out. All of LA um, and the surrounding area, and I guess maybe just all replicants 
all over. I'm I'm not really sure, mm-hmm. but. Um, or sorry, not replicants. Like everything that's that's electronic. So basically, the planes are falling out of the sky, crashing. It's just like it's a big the cars? deal. Yeah, the oh the flying gosh. cars like are dropping. Like this is an anime, so you know it was it was created um, just you know animation. It's not like it's it's really being shown. So you have a lot less more creative freedom with that, of course. But it's just like. Yeah, it was definitely basically that's the basis of the story is that the these replicants blew up the thing and so it caused an entire blackout and during the blackout they lost all of their memory a lot of their data was gone mm-hmm. all of the things that were digital um, were completely wiped so yeah or just heavily damaged just oh yeah like completely damaged and so things that are before blackout people were talking about that a lot in the movie and so replicants are kind of put in a negative light in the first in the original movie because like were were they like when when they were programmed were they like made aggressive or were they only aggressive because they were they were slaves no they were just aggressive because they were slaves okay and they, they were oppressed. and in the original movie they only lived to be, like, three years old. That's right. They weren't supposed to live very long. And Rutger Hauer's character retires. Um, he just completely just dies in front of Harrison Ford at the very end of of the movie. Um, and what he says is, like, some... He says a really beautiful thing. It's like, you know, my memories and all of us as replicants have seen things... But we are so small and our memories are so... Basically, they're like tears in the rain. They just get lost. Mm-hmm. And you, you'd, never, you'd never know about that one specific person's story because they never get a chance to tell it. Mm-hmm. Like, they're always dying and being hunted by Blade Runners. So it's, it's kind of... It's pretty sad because of the way that they treat these humans. So after the... But they're not considered humans. They're considered like... Skinners, you know, like yeah. replicants, um, just objects to objects to completely. own or to yeah, like just to have, like to have in your house, like just as, as like an item. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely it's pretty crazy. So the Ryan Gosling's character, we find out pretty early, is is a replicant. Yeah, and you know, he is supposed to, his job is to go and kill all the old models of replicants. Um, and that's how he can take such heavy beatings. Because in the original, humans were yeah humans were going Harrison back Ford and is a human and killing the replicants who was killing replicants because that was his job. But now in this in this current year, the twenty forty nine, the replicants have been remade. Yes, and now they live longer. They live longer, and they're supposed to obey more. Like they they were made to obey. So so yeah, basically like. Yeah, they just, they do what they're told, and, but they, they all have self-consciousness. They all know what they are. They all take the shit that people give them every single day. They all have memories, like, they in, have memories implanted, implanted in them to, to help make their personality, basically, mm-hmm. to make them who they are, like, as an individual, almost. Yeah, and, uh um, Pretty much, though, because they, they all have wants and feelings and things that they, they want in specific things, but... Yeah, and you can 
clearly see that in a lot of her- like Ryan Gosling's character is the main character. You follow him throughout his entire investigation. Investigation, but also you get to see what kind of person he is. He wants to have a life like with a wife and a family. You know, like he doesn't. He he's he's not just some killing mindless killing machine. Like he's he wishes he could have real meat. Instead of just, like, the grubby food that he has to eat. And he wishes he had a real wife, but he's not allowed to. You know? It's, like, incredibly sad that you're following this one guy who who just has... So he wasn't allowed to have a physical thing, but he could have that hologram? Yeah. He, he wasn't allowed to have a relationship. Where did, where did that come up? I remember them saying, like... It was, like, close to the real thing. Like, why don't you just have the real thing? I don't know if he was not allowed to have it, but he he just didn't. He didn't want it. Yeah, I guess he just didn't want it because then he'd have to have another replicant, but... He he knew, he he was very well aware of what he was and that everything, like, in his mind was kind of fake. So I think he kind of liked the idea of having a fake woman, not, like, a real woman. He did really love his fake wife though it was a little sad when um when she died basically when joy died when joy died and then he was talking to the the big hologram Mm -hmm. joy and she like she she doesn't she was the same like she was she she had the same face but not the same person you know not the same kind of she she like called him the same stuff she said the same things that she said yeah Yeah, she called him an an average joe or something like she called him joe and then she said something else that she says yeah so it's almost like it's like he he was an individual for him like it definitely was like a lot of people get the same experience yeah he was definitely working off of something that was already kind of given yeah like a baseline yeah like like what is it? so the so the new company is called Tyrell, right? The old company was the called old Tyrell. Company is Tyrell. The new one, the new one has um, Jared with, Leto as its. You know, it starts with a W or something. It starts with a W. Wyland, Wyland, Wyland. Yeah. So apparently, Jared Leto um, took over the Tyrell company. Apparently, like, or his father did, or something, because he's definitely too young to be the one who. Because remember in the first movie, Rudger Hauer pushes Tyrell's eyes in and he dies. He he basically murders his own father in a way. Like that was his way of of fighting back, Um, and he was successful. Yeah, in in killing his creator, who basically doomed him and his entire race to only living three years, and only and to living horrible existences, and just completely ridiculous. Yeah, and so. The bleakness of that really forced him to do all those those crazy things and be the bad guy of the first one, even though you really sympathize with him. Well, I'm pretty sure since since the since the owner Tyrell just died in the first one, I'm pretty sure someone just stepped in and took it all over. Well, that's what they were saying is that that didn't happen. That didn't happen. All of the replicants were. Basically, they were stopped. They were not allowed to make any production after the blackout. That's right. Which happened not too long after the um, the, the Tyrell guy was killed. Yeah. And it, the whole Tyrell basically went under until Jared Leto took it. 
I guess, or something like that. So then how did it, so just with the, with how they were made, how Jared Leto was making them, that was okay? Or they just weren't enforcing it? Or I think it was like, he, after he took it over, it was, it was actually like, yeah, it was legalized again. Okay. So they had illegal, made them illegal, and then they legalized them again. Maybe that's why he was able to do it, because he kind of had to ensure their design this time. He wanted them to be able to rise up. Like, that was his goal. Like, he wants them to have children. Wasn't that what he wanted? Like, I was really confused. Why did he cut open that one that he made? Why did he cut her womb? That was... Everything that came out of Jared Leto's mouth was like, what? Yeah, he he was very confusing to listen to. Because he just... He spoke very, like... He, he spoke very, like, fluffy. Like, his words, like, it took forever to him to get his point out. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, but... so he made, so he made that one replicant, was he, was he trying to get it to, to make a baby and it wasn't? I think so. And so he killed it? Yeah. Because it wasn't, because it didn't work? I think he wants them to. And it was like, but then the underground replicants also wanted that. So, like, I feel like we didn't have... We really didn't have, in this one small story of this larger narrative, which seems to be the way Blade Runner is, like, what I'm trying to say is this movie is seems like just such a small sliver of things that happen in this big world, and this big world full of many stories, and we're just seeing, like, one little story. One little tale about one replicant, Ryan Gosling, you know? Yeah, when it could be so much more. It's and I and that's great because that's that's where stories start with one person. Yeah. And that's why I think it was like a good way to go with this kind of, you know, noir film idea like the first one had where Ryan Gosling's character is trying to um hunt down answers. He's he's a detective. Mm-hmm. And that's the same kind of noir film you know, that we get in the past that, that makes the first Blade Runner great as well. Yeah. You know, so that was a good way to go at it. Like, this character, this one guy, you know, we sympathize with him and his goal, which was a very intriguing, like, thing, you know? Very intriguing goal. But I also think that they're going to continue. Like, at the end of this movie, it felt like things were not... They weren't... It's like the Matrix, you know? You want them all to... Like, there's a, there's three of them, and the, the story ends. You know, it's like... There needs to be some some complete thing. Like, the, the replicants are going to keep fighting until they get somewhere. Well, yeah, because the movie ended, basically, with, with the replicants being like, we need to rise up! Yeah. And it just ends. Time for revolution. And you're like... Yeah. Okay, so... Where is this revolution? Is it coming? Is that what the next one's going to be? Is there going to be a next one? Yeah, I'd I'd like to know. I feel like the way that this was planned and the way that everything that got set up in this movie, it feels like there's going to be another one. Yeah, it it definitely felt like that. Because of the fact that they did not close... Like, they closed ends for, like, Harrison Ford's character, Deckard, but they didn't close any ends for, like, the entire rebellion as a whole. You know? Yeah. It didn't have that that sense. So let's talk about... I'd like to talk more about Ryan Gosling's character. So this is what I'm gathering. He's a replicant who is very aware. 
that he is a replicant and and knows that a lot of things around him are fake and won't won't um won't come to much like he's kind of yeah he's there to be there yeah and he knows that so thinking back i was thinking about like when an emotional part would happen for ryan like he would like start shaking like did you see that yeah that's how he decided to put to play that that character almost almost like he didn't know because for, from the beginning he's very just like he's very straight he's very straight he's like his character in drive yeah he's, he he's just he just kind of looks at things you know yeah he's he, there he looks he observes he does his job yeah exactly he, that's exactly what he does in drive he does he he does get a little bit happier when he's around his his holographic wife that's true he, he gets a little looser wife i yeah he definitely is a lot more casual when he gets back to his little house um, but... Yeah, and, but he also... I think the reason he was so emotional, and when he would get the, that way, you know, it's because something was changing his worldview so much. Like, when he thought that he was that... Kid? Kid? Child, yeah. When he realized that the memory that he had was real, he thought that he had a childhood. It was like his entire sense of self it was like somebody realizing that they're not who they think that they are and it it was like he was imploding with all of that information and that's how he looked he looked like he was about to implode it was very you know like i think he did an amazing job with that kind of like basically finding out that you were not anything like what you thought you were like yeah that's just crazy and then it turned out that he wasn't the child was he, like heartbreaking, heartbreaking. But the, then he looked kind of relieved. He did, but I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken too. But I did not expect that. Yeah, at all. Because this, like, Denis Villeneuve was like setting this up for like forty-five minutes of this movie. You yep. thought that he was this kid. Yeah. You were like, oh, it must be him. It it has to be. Otherwise, why would this not tie in so so perfectly, so neatly, like a little bow? Turns out it wasn't like that. It was it was the girl with the memories who had implanted that one memory into Ryan Gosling by a fluke, you know? Yeah, just just It because. was a fluke that just, he got yeah. that one memory mm-hmm. out of all the other replicants to get memories, you yeah. know? Like, that is just... It was crazy. So where he lived, I thought, I thought he lived in, like, an apartment complex with other replicants, but I guess not, because they had, like... Skinner on his door. Yeah, some, some mean language. But he had a pretty cushy job, so I think he had enough money to pay for his own, like, apartment like that. Yeah, I mean, even though it looked, looked like shit on the outside, it looked pretty nice on the inside. And what they were saying, the other replicant in the, the Wyland, the Wayland group or whatever, she was like... Well, back then, they were a- they were asking replicants questions because they couldn't tell who was a replicant and who wasn't. And I, she was like, they couldn't tell very easily back then. So that you could tell easily now. Like I, I was like, what makes them seem like replicants and what makes them seem like real people? I think it's because they have that device that shows that if if they have a serial number under their eye. Sure. Yeah. That's but, true. But, like, you have to get him to do it, but still. But, like, how did they know that Ryan Gosling was a Skinner? Like, they just knew? I think, well, I mean, it's, it seemed like the whole town knew. Like, even the prostitute was like, was like, yeah, this guy hunts down. So all Blade Runners 
are are well are, are known to the public, are known I to guess. be skinners, or or maybe word goes around because it seemed like Kay was kind of doing this for a while, so probably word word went around like you know don't don't do dumb stuff. Or, you know, don't be... Well, because he was only hunting down old models still. Yeah. The older models. Um, but he was probably still taking down ones that were, like, bad to... Yeah. Because that's I, I, I think that's the only way that everyone in the city also knew. Because everyone seemed to know who he was. He went through such a, like... His character was so... He didn't want to have, like, he didn't know, he, like, he, you, like you said, he wanted to just stay on track, do his job, but... Take, take in what little pleasures he wanted. Yeah, but then, like, he basically made his own mark, his own individual choice to save Harrison Ford's character, to save Deckard, when they told him not to, and bring him back to his daughter, like... He wanted to be different. Like, it, he didn't want to be different in the beginning, but then when he found out that he was that... Well, that, yeah, well, once he thought he was the child, he wanted to save his own ass. He did, but also he wanted to know. He wanted to find Deckard. He wanted to find what he, he did, thought was yeah. his father. His curiosity was getting to him. But also he wanted to be an individual. He didn't just, like, that. I think at that point he figured out that, like, I'm not like every other replicant. And then when he thought he was like, like, but then he found out he wasn't the kid, he thought to himself, I am like every other replicant, but what can I do to make myself different from other replicants? And so he saves Harrison Ford. Which, that's interesting. So they were, the the new model of the replicants were made to obey, but that, that would then further the idea that maybe Wyland did want them to rise up. And did want them to end up being individualistic just because just because that that one flaw was put in there. Like he seemed he seemed like he knew what he was doing. But the but these but these these new model replicants were still having these these individualistic ideas. So uh, his character still. I, yeah, still his motivation me. was confusing because they wanted a child. They wanted that baby. Did they want to experiment on it? I have no idea. Yeah, I think so. Did he want to... I, I, I definitely think he was trying... That makes sense, because... Do you... I think he was trying to make replicants that did breed, and every time he would fail, he was like, what the hell? Why am I failing? I need to have... I need to find the, ch the child of the replicant... So that I can study that person and see what I can do to make replicants have babies. You know? I think so. That that would make the most sense. Right. Like, I feel like that's what it was. I was a little bit confused. Because I don't think... And, and, and they, they were completely unaware of the child until until they, until they the police brought it up, right? Like, he didn't... Yeah, I don't think they were aware. Because Love was even saying that... Um, that they had never been down down in the in the old archives of the police uh, reports but i mean that could have that could have been a lie but unless they were aware of this child the whole time but i don't think so so we've just been talking about the plot for like the past i don't know 20 22 minutes it says i'm trying to also bring things back <laughs> i think there's a lot to take it i know it's so dense it's and really it's dense. so much to handle but like and you didn't write your list. We, we don't have a list we're going on. No, of. we're just talking we're about just this going. spitballing it. But, like, honestly, I would like to point out how beautiful this movie was. And oh, yes. everything involved with all the production design, all the art, 
just and the music it's just the, the, it was all just oh my so gosh. so beautiful it was everything so, was so good without being so, cheesy it was so spot on oh, to I the know. original yeah but like but still had like I feel like the magic of the original Blade Runner was still there. Oh, for sure. Like, it was definitely there. It was the magic of, like, the 80s. Yes. As, like, the 80s future was was just so good. And in not a cheesy way. Not a cheesy way. It was, like, it wasn't, like, weird science or something, you know? Because even though the original Blade Runner was cheesy at some moments. moments, it was still fairly... Was still fairly spot on. With, like, I think the cheesiest part of this movie, for sure, was when they brought Rachel back to for Harrison Ford to see her. That was interesting. That was an interesting choice, but what? I was a little bit like, mm, I don't know about that one. I mean, Wyland's kind of a freak. <laughs> he, I want to see if it's really Wyland. I'm going to look this up. Yeah, I, I would just say his name wrong the whole time. Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, when, when something... Not love. Right there. Jared. Oh, Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> you were right with the W. Sorry. Though. Sorry. Um, yeah, so just pretend we were saying Wallace the whole time. Why <laughs> did you even come with, up with Wyland? I, Wyland is, is in um, something else that has to do with robots. Oh, all right. Yeah, from really another good. movie somewhere. Her mind was there. Her mind yeah, was on my robots. mind was like her mind was back, on robots. Harkening back to some other corp, like no, wasn't Wyland? I don't know. No, Wyland was not Terminator. No, no, that was that was Sky something. Skynet. Skynet. Yeah. I'm um, I'm gonna look this up. What were you saying? Wallace. <laughs> what was I saying? Something about uh, Jared Leto's character. Jared Leto's character. Wallace. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm petting dude. <laughs> petting dude the cat. Petting dude my cat. Um. Yeah, Wallace is a... Uh, it's kind of creepy. He's kind of a freak. <laughs> he, was, he was weird. But, you know, Jared Leto's weird, so... Jared Leto is weird, but, you know, he's... At the... He's good at being weird. No, it was good because... He's very good at being weird. Yeah, he definitely was not too much. He, he was just the right amount of creepy... And just the way that he would talk and his weird blindness with his little floating rocks that sounded like those magnetic rock things when you bring them together. Yeah, but then but then more like more like croaky, like like a frog. Yeah, it'd be like the sound design impeccable was like I just the rain like all the the cinematography like was oh my I just can't even colors were just everything how dark it was oh my gosh it It was was so. Another Oscar contender. For please, sure. Please. Again, this is our second film that I think is going to at least get nominated for an Oscar because it was just, like, oh off the wall. Oh like, my gosh, please. So surreal. Yes. So weird. I love that shit. I love it. It was so great. Um, Yeah. The sound, though. Oh my gosh. It. Uh, the music by Hans Zimmer this is just... Just really, you know, the whole thing was so engaging. The whole movie. Like, I was just just so enthralled by this entire thing. Like, you just, you get in there and it's it's a whole world. And we got to see, like, pieces of that at Comic-Con this year. And 
it was so exciting, you know, getting to like yeah that one scene be in that, that one scene in downtown with all the vending machines. We got to see though. We got to see that with we BB's bar and yeah. like I, it was so exciting. And wait, where was BB's bar? It was right in the background of a shot. Oh, but no one went in it. Nobody went into it though. Oh, I was I was like waiting to see where BB's bar was going to come. It was in, in it was the just background the of that of the woman oh, walking. Yeah, you know, with the fur hat. And, and everything. her coat. In her coat. Which is which just seems like the worst thing to wear in rain. In the rain, I know. <laughs> in the acid rain. Ugh. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. But that was... Uh, I And, like, the, the ideas, like, even in this movie, we got some fantastical, futuristic ideas that weren't even in the first one. Like, when um, his wife was basically embodying the... So his wife was, or his, like, girlfriend was, like, a hologram, and so she could, like, be among, inside, or inside somebody's body, basically, you wouldn't be able to see her. Because, because that, that other girl, that prostitute was also a replicant, right? Yeah, she so, was. So maybe since, since she was a hologram and she was a replicant, they could, like, sync up? Sort of. Somehow? Yeah, she said that they could sync a little bit. So it was like she was synced up with the prostitute so that she could, like, give her body to... Ryan Gosling in some yeah, way. Yeah, because she, she couldn't touch him. Because she can't touch him, right. Mm. So it's like, I felt like the, that entire sequence was so long of her syncing up and getting close with Ryan Gosling and you but seeing the it. woman's it so face cool on the, the girl's face with the hands, like multiple hands and combing like through his hair. Together. Oh my gosh. It was like, it was futuristic crazy. and awesome. And everything was so slow in this movie. Like Denis Villeneuve, I watched this little thing with him and how when Ryan Gosling was walking through those, that orange area with all of the, um, you know, the sexual, the big, yeah, the stall tattoos, the, the statues, the stall, the stall tattoos. <laughs> wow. <laughs> The tall statues. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Ryan Gosling was, like, walking through all those, and Denis was, like, telling him, walk slower, you know, take your time, take everything in, like, look at this bee, because you've never seen anything like it in your entire life before. Yeah. And... It, <sighs> Which a those bee is just, like, sitting out there. I know. And he, like, stuck his hand in the beehive just to feel them, just to, like, have something alive you know, there, like, something that was really alive, not something that was fake. Yeah. It it was just, you know, it's like the the post-apocalyptic almost, because they don't, the whole world is not. But then we also had the idea that there were flowers, like, the earth is starting to bring itself back. There, there's something there. Like, he finds that little flower and he finds the bee. And, but anyways, I'm just saying, everything was very slow. That was the point of Denise. Like, he, he just sits and makes you look at every detail and, and absorb it and, like, interpret it how you want to interpret it. And what's nice is that there was a lot of detail to take in. Like, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't just like you were staring at, like, a like, just a person with, like, a super blurry background. Like, no. it definitely, like, panned over things, and you could definitely, like... You had a lot of time in the surrounding to... and taking all, like, the extras, because the extras were all, like... They were just... It was so, so well put together. Yeah. It was and so fantastic. Completely just a visual feast, you know? It's, like, 
I would I really would like like we saw it in in Dolby, which was like it's still a pretty big theater. Like, yeah, and that is like the place where you should see this movie, like in the theaters, because it's just so vivid, and you really would miss out on all of the the depth. And the bass, I, I actually really liked watching it in the Dolby Theater because, like, because I feel like that movie with how much bass yeah, it had in it, yeah. it was it was good because the, cause of that, that's kind of how I feel Blade Runner, like, kind of was. Like, very bassy, bassy very, like, yes. deep, very, like, well, cause those, those, very thunderous. And it was just, like... Yeah, those thunderous, like, the, the flying cars yeah. are so loud and they make such guttural noises. The theater was really loud. Yeah. Like, was... these sounds were, were great to listen to while you were in the theater. Because mm-hmm. it probably would have been nice in IMAX, too. But I think Dolby, Dolby definitely did it justice. Yeah, I was really impressed with that and the colors as well. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was beautiful. And I, you know, that's just the... That's like the rush of going to the movies. That's that's the feeling that this movie gives you. And even when it ended, we were just like Ryan Gosling. You, I mean, it's like you you didn't get so emotional about these people, but you you could understand why they were feeling the way that they were feeling, mm-hmm. and understand where they were coming from. And like that was enough to get you to be you know invested in their in their lives and in their story. Definitely. And I was even surprised that they were going to go... Like, this, the idea that somebody, like a replicant, could have a baby is, like, crazy in itself. Let alone the fact that, like, the love story between Decker and Rachel is so powerful in the first movie that you're so invested and you're like, you love these characters, you really want them to be together, you want them to be happy together. Yeah. And the fact that Rachel has a child, like... It's insane. Like, it was just so, like, we, I would have never thought that that was the way this movie was going to go. Like, I mean, did all the other ones have the, have the ability to do this too? They just weren't given the chance to try? Probably not. I, I don't know. Like, we didn't get, nothing was answered. Like, even when, when Ryan Gosling was with Harrison Ford, it was so aggravating because he was not talking to him. He was like, where's the child? You know, he wasn't asking, how the hell did... A replicant get pregnant? Do you have any idea? Like, do you? Why was it you you who got her pregnant? Why wasn't it somebody else? Like, I don't understand. Like, maybe it's because she really loved him. Like, maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. Like, it it made no sense. You know, it was just like this came out of nowhere. We have no reason. We have no. Why didn't anybody get pregnant since or that? Like before then or after that or like it's been thirty years. You'd think one of them would have. Like, it's just so weird. Yeah. It was so fluke. And you're like, where does this mean? What is this going to... Is this going to affect the story going forward? Is Ryan Gosling really dead? Like, what? I... Yeah. What? <laughs> like, it was just like, I don't... I wanted to continue. I, it left me wanting more. Yep. For sure. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll get some stuff... I feel like... I feel like they're going to make another one. Like, I just don't... I would be really unhappy if they didn't. Even even if it's like ten years from now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think so. I think I think Denny really uh he really enjoyed working on this already. I think he would definitely do another one. Who knows? I mean he he at Comic Con he seemed to really love Blade Runner, so 
As we all do, man. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's the, it's a sci-fi pinnacle. A film pinnacle, even. You know? Pinnacle. Yeah. I like that word. Let's talk about joy. <laughs> oh, okay. You want to talk about joy more? Yeah, I... I actually really enjoyed her character. I, I like how she yeah. pro- how she progressed. Me too. Um, like I, I didn't when, expect when, her to be not real. Let me when, tell you. I know. I was not expecting that. I thought she was going to be real. I know that this actress, or at least, oh, or at least a hologram that could touch stuff. But no, I don't. I don't know. But I also like the fact that, like, when I saw the trailers for this movie, I was like, oh, I know that actress. She's like so pretty. You know, like she's like. Up there with really, really gorgeous. Okay. Yeah. And and she was at Comic Con too. Yeah, she was there. Um, it was just kind of like I was watching this. I like, go, oh, of course they put like a really beautiful person in this movie. Um, to be a, alongside Ryan Gosling, but then the fact that she wasn't even real, and that she was supposed to be that beautiful. That that's why you know, like it wasn't. She wasn't just gorgeous because she was in a movie with Ryan Gosling. She was gorgeous because. Her exact character was supposed to be the most beautiful. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it made a lot of made a lot of sense. Yeah. But what else did you like about Joy? I'm trying to I'm trying to think back. Um, Anna de Almas is her name. Yeah. I liked just I liked just watching her work as a program. Like, mm-hmm. like at the part where she was like glitching out and like hitting the the car, yeah, like yelling, yeah, yelling like Joe, Joe, and she like kept glitching, and then when her little like he had like a little transfer memory stick so that he could like take her places, and um, and when it would like ring like a phone, it was like really funny. I don't know. I I just. I liked I liked the, the the added touch that she added, like one to Kay's character, mm-hmm. and two just to just to get. I I feel like she really helped with the futuristic part too, because like because yeah, even though you had his flying car and you had like you know the really um, like technical looking buildings, especially the Wallace building. The Wallace yeah. building was crazy inside. That was amazing, like. like like that that whole just like storage section with yeah. all with all the little crystal like memory spheres that was crazy and the water like above everything looking like a pool floor yeah it was like and it was like all yellow yeah it, it would, and the and the light would shift and it would walk through the light and it would you'd follow them or you know it was just like what is this this is amazing it really reminded me of the Tyrell in the first movie the way that everything was so big and the light was coming through. Yeah, Tyrell and and especially Wallace now in the new movie definitely had to have like a commanding presence. Like that building was way bigger than all the other buildings. It did seem that way. It be- seemed like because that. of the way that they they filmed it. But really, in total, we only saw maybe like two or three rooms, four rooms maybe, in that whole place. Yeah, in the whole building. And it's like like the lobby the area way that they that shoot guy. it. <laughs> yeah, like the way that they shoot it makes it seem like it's so grand that's another effect of cinematography that like really works Mm -hmm. and the the echoing footsteps and and things like that yeah it was a yeah pretty pretty remarkable but yeah joy did show like the futuristic aspect of a lot of the things that obviously but then also like 
some of the technology got better from the first one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you saw a lot of, like, kind of, like, callbacks to the shifting way that they looked at, like, image images and, you know, stuff. It, a lot of it kind of looks similar, and it still has that, like, 80s feel to it just slightly with a lot of, like, the uh, video game-looking things on yeah, the slightly, screen. Yeah, slightly more innovative because, of course, this is 35 years in the future. You would definitely expect it to have advanced. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, definitely. Want to move on to Harrison? Oh, yeah. We have so many characters to talk about. Each character was so interesting. Love was crazy. Oh, my God. I was going to talk about love. <laughs> Do you want to talk about love next? Yeah. Love's motivations were so clear. And just how she felt like she was the most important. And she was like, I'm the best one. I'm the best rep. And, I, and I, I feel like that's what fed her, her, um... Her motivation to just be the most like obeying because I mean I know I know that Wallace definitely showed more of a like he definitely like she was definitely his his favorite so far so far which I'm pretty like Wallace but she was very aware of that Wallace seemed to be fairly obsessed with all of his children mm-hmm. so I'm pretty sure that you know but he named love though he did he did name her and so she felt special in his eyes. And so that just fueled her to to want to just do everything that he needed, which, you know, he wasn't necessarily a very good person. Like, I bet she was person. in love with him. You think so? Mm-hmm. Or do you think she was just obsessed with being, like... The best. The best replicant because she felt she was. Like, she was like, Wallace personally yeah. made me yeah. and named me. Mm-hmm. I have to be the best one. And she was threatened by the ones who were going to come after her. She, she's threatened by the newer models. She feels because she's the most up to date. She's like, I'm the best. Um, all of her, all of her like single tears that she would have. Oh yeah. Were very, were very intense. Like it was, it was when, let's see the, the when he, when he was gonna, when he was tearing off the new one and, and Wallace was talking about how the new one was so perfect and he was showing her. The, yeah. the squishy body of this new replicant that he just made. And she was, like, crying because she thought that this one was better than her. The tear happened when when he slit her stomach. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an, and, then, and then she had another tear when she had to kill the police off the, the police... Oh, yeah, person. Um, so... Yeah, uh, what's her name? Um, yeah, what was her name? Ma- the ma'am... The police officer, yeah. played by uh, Robin Wright. Yeah, um, I don't remember her name, but Robin Wright was great. She was very. <sighs> she had a complex character. She did. Like everybody, everybody's <sighs> character was complex, except for like maybe Joy. Yeah. Yeah. Joy Joy was pretty obvious what was going on with Joy, but, like, all the other characters was, like, there's something going on with them. Like, they're so complicated. But then we didn't even have enough time to get to know the the police person. All we know was that, you know, she 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 was was working, though, but she was on the side of Wallace. Like, Wallace was, like, her boss, basically. Basically. That's what we learned from that. They would go to him for any information they needed because he had all the records of everything. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The... I guess the police force didn't really have every... So how did, how did he get the, that police stuff? How did he get those, like, those 
um, those videos of when, when they showed the little little sphere. How did they get those? They uh, collected them all. They they found all that stuff after the blackout. So after the blackout, they just took it. They just took it all because they seem to just be taking a lot of stuff from the from the police station. What I learned was basically that Wallace was the ultimate authority yeah. for everybody, and he's even higher than the police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, is there a government? Is there a galactic government? We don't have any of these things. Yeah? No? Like, I think it's it's run by the people who make the replicants, because the replicants are the ones that run the world, basically. The replicants That's are all true. the slaves. Whoever runs the replicants is, runs the world. Is the one who runs the universe, because they go and find all these other places to live. It's, it's their... It, this is a story about what it's like to be on Earth. Yeah. But there's hundreds of other planets that they've inhabited. I know, they kept saying, like, off-planet. Off yeah, because everything's be off-planet. Well, that's how the first one starts. It's like all of the people who were left behind were either um, damaged in some way or they were replicants. Yeah. And it's like not everybody can afford to leave Earth. Earth is is uh, obsolete, you know? Yeah. It, it, it can't... It's there's radioactivity everywhere. There's trash everywhere. Yeah, like San Diego was like a landfill. San Diego, the entirety of San Diego is a landfill. It's a landfill, which is hilarious. Which is crazy. <laughs> the, the second it showed San Diego, like greater, yeah, greater, greater San Diego, greater San Diego area, I was like, what? A landfill. <laughs> like, it was crazy. So I was thinking to myself, oh, I used to go to school there. I was like, oh, under, under that pile of shit. There's all sides of apartment under under that pile of metal scraps. Yep. Uh, crazy. And then those people that lived there. Oh, they were like scavengers. Yeah. And then that, and then like that, that orphanage that was there. Were those like human orphanage or? Yeah. Or, or, or were those baby, baby replicants like that haven't. No, no those are humans. They were humans. Okay. Yeah. Cause, cause replicants, replicants don't. can't be babies. They're not children. They don't grow. They're, they they come stay. into the world as adults. That's how they come into the world. So how did all these kids end up there? I have no idea. In San Diego. We don't, we don't, we don't have any... There are like hundreds of them. We don't, we don't have any information. <sighs> it's it's so complicated. There's so much of this that I feel like... There, but there are information. Like, it's like... They do have more shorts. They do have more stories about this. It's not just it's this also, movie. It's also loosely based off of a book. Yes. By, uh, do, um, Android's Dream of... Dream. Of Electric Sheep. Yeah. That's yeah. the name of yeah. it. By yeah. uh, Philip K. Dick. Yeah. Who is a master of the sci-fi genre. Mm-hmm. So. Pretty, um, pretty complicated. Because, you know, there's a lot of sci-fi movies about people who are, who are machines. Or, you know, because it's, it's obvious that that's a allegory for people as slaves. Like, Slaves in our own society, you know, and uh, slaves of the past. So that's why, like, that's why sci-fi works so well because we can see. Obviously, that's wrong because we have gone through things like that in our own past, mm -hmm. or we still are, you know, in some ways. And so it critiques our world, but like, it's also world building. It's like this world that that was made by. Um, the first film is uh, such a complete and total world that exists be alongside us, made by other people. You know what I mean? Like, 
it's just so complete. It's like talking about like Star Wars, the Star Wars universe, or the Star Trek universe. Like everything is so complete. Every detail is so carved into its own canon. Oh, the Harry Potter universe. They're the Harry Potter universe. Like people make up these things, and like obviously this is made by many people. Like it's a film. It's not made by just one person. Like many people decide what they want this this world to look like. And yeah, and the the like, idea can always can always um... or like Mad Max. Yeah. The idea could always just come from a single, from a from a single plot point that can then just be expanded upon and expanded upon and expanded upon. Yeah, and it's and you get something like as beautiful as this film and is like, you know, like you both you feel like it's it's foreign yet close enough to you, you know, at the same time. Yeah, and especially when you have somebody like Ryan Gosling to look at, you know, because you just like want to feel for him. You you feel bad. You're like, I want him to succeed in his endeavors because he's so relatable. <laughs> yeah. I hope they do make more. Yeah, me too. It's, it's almost, it'd be almost disappointing that they took the time to give us more, but then... Then never give us anything else? But then never, yeah. Like... I think we should watch the little short films. Like, you should watch the anime. There's a short film that's about Wallace. I think there's a short film about... And these are ones that other people have made? No, that... That Denny. Denny made, yeah. Okay. Um, at least are, like, produced. Yeah. Um, because he he's, at the moment, like, the forefront of this this endeavor for this these new ones. Not, obviously, Ridley Scott. Like yeah, he's no. a producer as well, but yeah, apparently he was just kind of like chimed in every so often about yeah. this. Because that scene where they where they're like where he was flying over what what was L A. with all of those like with just those blocks of building where people lived and everything and and then, and then like those and then those just tiny those tiny streets of yeah. like. Of just more buildings, but, like, where you could enter. Like, it just seemed... It seemed so closed off. Everything was, like, built up as high as possible. Yeah, built up really high and and completely industrialized and just, like, at max capacity. Like, living in shoeboxes. Kind of like what we see in Ready Player One. Yeah. With all the people living stacked up on top of each other and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. It's just, like, over too much overpopulation over... And then they send people off the world and they make more slaves and replicants and... So, the character of the daughter... What was her name? Um, Harrison Ford and Rachel's daughter? Oh, dang. I don't know. She was the forefront um, person who makes all the memories. That's right. I really, like... But she was freelance, though. Kind of. Yeah. Like, like, she would... She was being taken care of under the nose of Wallace. But she was being, like, freelance. But she couldn't leave her little room because... Because she said she didn't want to. No, she said she got sick. That's right. Her parents were going to go off-world. And they couldn't take her because she was because sick. she got and sick. And she said, my parents had the choice of a new life for me, and they chose the new life. Like, that's crazy. And the fact that she was also sick. Was she really sick? Or did they just tell her she was sick because she was the daughter of 
Harrison Ford. Yeah, and she couldn't leave because because if if they had gone if she had gone off world, who knows if she could have been protected. I don't know. I it it was very unclear. Definitely. Everything definitely unclear. everything was unclear. The whole movie. But you know, it makes kind it it does make sense that uh, things weren't necessarily the most clear because then Yeah, it's better than it being a neat little bow. Because you don't because, want that. Because even the original left you thinking like, you know, was was Decker a replicant or right. you know, what, I know. Was, That's what you exactly. I for for the longest time I thought he was a replicant. No, he's a human. Nope. But it was like they would talk to him like he was sometimes. You know? And then to just and then to just plainly point out that Kay was a replicant, but then have you question, like, if, if he is everything else around him. Yeah. And, like, are memories real? Are your memories real? Are you a real person? If somebody loved you, does that not make you a real person? Like, it was... It brings up so many things. Yeah. I'd really like to watch it again. I really would, too. And just the, just the thought of... The thought of affection... Like, is just, it seems so straightforward. I mean, except for Kay and Joy. Everyone else around him kind of just seemed like in the year 2049, people are just out to get pleasure and that's it. Yeah. Like, just pleasure. Which and is then, different than, And like, then when love, they don't obviously. need it, yeah. We're like, where Kay actually really loved Joy, but. He did. And I, and I also think that Decker really loved his own daughter as well. And really loved and Rachel. Rachel. Because he's because Ryan Gosling was like, if you really loved your daughter, why haven't you gone find her? And he's like, if I had gone to find my daughter, they would have found my daughter. Yeah. Like, it would have led, led them right to her because I'm the one who's connected to her. And that he was like, because of love, I do not go find my daughter. And I was like, wow, that is a... That's a good point, bro. Your your daughter probably would have had a better life without you, you know? <laughs> I mean, she is in a bubble, but... But it's not a terrible life. It's not terrible. She's not being dissected or killed. Yeah. And she gets to... She gets to make little memories all day. But the replicants, like, also want to know, like, they're the ones who put her there, right? The, the ones, the underground, like the lady who didn't have the eye? Yeah, so how did, so they, the family, okay, so when the baby was born, she ended up in that, in that orphanage. Then, yes. Then she was found by, um. The lady without the eye. Drax. Yeah. Yeah, the, the lady without the eye. And, and the, Dave and, Bautista. And then she went to live with Dave Bautista and his wife. Yes. Or girlfriend or whatever. Or girlfriend or something. And then they... But, like, why didn't they just... But they couldn't raise her. So who raised her? Yeah, after... Somebody else raised her. Other did, parents did, Didn't she take them then from Dave Batista? The lady with the one eye? She did. But who gave them to Dave Batista? Rachel. Rachel went to go live with him. Because she was... So when they had the... When she got pregnant, it was like... That's right. They her split bo- up. Her bones were there. Everybody split up. Rachel, so Rachel's like, bones were there. Rachel went with Dave Batista. The other lady, like, came and saw them later or something. And then, like, Harrison Ford had to go hide as well. So it was like... Yeah. They all had to separate for some reason. And that was what I got. Like, 
so the daughter ended up in the so then but then they had to scramble the uh information so that that kid the, the yeah. daughter died and the son survived as an orphan or whatever yeah, they had they had to make two sets of the DNA to make it seem like they had they were twins, right? And like and like Ryan Gosling was so confused why there were two people with the same DNA, and I was like, "What do you mean? Like twins have the same DNA? Exactly the same DNA? Identical twins have the same exact DNA? That's true. But then, no, it was just such a weird. It was just so weird. But I did like what uh, Joy was saying over his shoulder when he was looking at the... She was, like, phasing through his face. <laughs> she was, so like, funny. she was like phasing through his face, but also, like, she was, like, A, you know, A, T, C, G, like... Yeah, reading him off. She was, like, three lines of... Three lines of code makeup a human. Only oh, yeah. two makeup me. One and zero. And it was, like, yeah, what makes you different? It's just, just when she said that, I was like, she seems pretty sentient. Like, she's not just, she, she just didn't seem like she was pretending to be sentient. She really, really seemed like it. She, she retained a lot of the memories. She retained, like, everything. And the way that she interacted with Ryan Gosling, she was so much more, and she could act on her own volition. She called that prostitute herself. Which is what... Which is what is interesting to me. Like, if you are going to make a robot or a replicant to do a specific purpose, like, why would you go through all of the effort to make them so sentient? Because that's what's going to cause the issues. That's what's causing the issues right now, yeah. That's what's causing them to rebel. That's what happened in the first place when they blew up that thing and everything had a blackout. It's because they were more... They rebelled. It just it just seems like a the whole story itself just it's like, seems just it's like seems Jurassic like, Park. Just it's like, like Jurassic just like Jurassic Park. Park. Just like Jurassic fucking Park. Yeah, that's oh my exactly God. what I, I can't <laughs> I can't stand that. It's because they just keep going back <laughs> to the same thing. It's like people don't want to be slaves. What don't you get about that? I know, and if you make them extremely intelligent and sentient, they're gonna, gonna want to be free. Out. Like they're not gonna want to not be free. Just like <laughs> you should never mix a T Rex with a tree frog. Like just don't do that shit. Oh my god, that's what I'm trying to say. Except for this movie was way more classy than than that would ever be. Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. This oh, pulls yeah. it off. It makes you just forget about the fact that it's stupid that they make them in the first place, and then you're like, okay, it's, because, it's beautiful, it's fine. It's because I, I think it's because of this. I think it's because since it's the future, you expect your stuff to be a lot more innovative and a and a lot more. Because you know, in, in the future, pe- I I feel like in the future, people kind of change to where they need things to seem like they're real, but then also seem fake. Like, you know, like, virtual reality. Like, people people like the idea of fake stuff being extremely real. Yeah. But then, but then they're still human, so they still have these primitive ideas for these very advanced technologies. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to mix what people want in a product than what people actually need it for. Mm-hmm. Like, why our devices today are so high-tech when people really just need a phone to call people. <laughs> Just like seeing that from like, just really, why do we need all this extra stuff? I really, people don't. want all the extra stuff, but then they don't need it. Yeah, they just, but then they don't need it. 
Yeah, pretty much. That's that is that's a good way of putting it. So I guess um, we'll just we'll read some of the meta scores real quick to to wrap it up. I suppose. Sure. <laughs> Sound good. <laughs> so it got an eighty-one meta score. That's it. Um, the lowest score was a seventy. All right, that's not bad. <laughs> From the Hollywood Reporter, that says, as a contrast to Gosling's deliberately deadened, emotionally zoned out turn, Ford almost singly handedly, single handedly amps up a film otherwise intentionally drained of character vitality. I think that's a little bit harsh. I think that is harsh because I I, f- I feel like the character choice was very well thought out. Me too. And and what it was and what it was supposed to be for the plot. And definitely that explains why he was so stoic most of the time. And then when he wasn't, you were like, oh, this guy's going through some very harsh uh, some, self-realization right some, now. Some very internal mental craziness. Yeah, some some implosion of life right now. Because that's exactly what was happening. Emotion implosion. Yes. Like, just freaking <laughs> done. Okay. Um, so The Guardian and Empire both gave it 100%. So The Guardian says Blade Runner 2049 is a narcotic spectacle of eerie and pitless fastness by turns satirical, tragic, and romantic. Exactly. All of those wonderful sweet adjectives, words. sweet adjectives delivered by this guy. <laughs> Thank you. Just that was there you go. Just laid out there. Um and Empire says, as bold as the original Blade Runner and even more beautiful, especially if you see it in IMAX, visually immaculate, swirling with themes as heart-rending as they are mind-twisting, 2049 is, without doubt, a good year and one of 2017's best. Yeah. Definitely very, very good, very good sci-fi for 2017 so far. Yeah, and then just, you know, there's a lot of uh, praise for Denis Villeneuve because... He just is, is just so good at the slow. He said, <laughs> I know, because Arrival was also very slow, too. Yeah. But it was good. It was good. Like, it, it kept you engaged. So it's like, so like, yeah, the movie was slow. But it was like, but it was okay. No. It was you, okay that it was. It's, we need more of that. Especially in good films, like, we need more patience. We need more sitting and thinking and accepting and internalizing. Like, that's what we miss a lot in a lot of our films these days. They're just so quick. There's there's so much going on. We don't have time to catch up and understand. Even if it's confusing on screen, at least we are given the opportunity to contemplate. And that, I think, is important. And that's why he's such a good director. Thank you, Denis. Yeah. <laughs> you, are, you are the director this world was waiting for. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being so wonderful. I'm so glad we got to see you. <laughs> From all of our sponsors and viewers like you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, like, all of this leading up to, like, when we saw at Comic-Con was just it was so exciting, and I was so happy to get to see it, and I hope it wins some Oscars. Oh, please. Please! <laughs> just <sighs> so good. So satisfying. Anyways, um, you can email us at allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail.com or allbythepopcorn at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook. Just just search "All by the Popcorn." Um, also, find us on SoundCloud. Which, if you're listening on here, iTunes or SoundCloud or any other app, would really appreciate it if you could write us a review. Five star review on iTunes would be like amazing. I would really love that. Or rate <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Let us know. We would love to hear your feedback. Oh yeah, that's really true. And any uh, any suggestions for future? 
for future episodes. You can also follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is Buy the Popcorn. Yep. I think. <laughs> At Buy the Popcorn. You did so good. Yep. Um, what, what's our next one going to be? Kingsman? Yeah. Talk about Kingsman? Or, yeah. Or Defenders? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Emily, so we've been planning this for like six months. It's just so, it's so daunting. I don't. I'm, don't I don't feel like I don't know like why I'm she's ready. freaking out so much about this. I don't, I don't know why I'm freaking out either. I, we really need to talk about Defenders. I'm literally waiting. Like, I'm sitting... I, I, I won't even, like, say anything about it to you because we have to talk about it on this. I know. She's waiting for me, and I'm just I'm just not ready. I will, though, soon. <laughs> next is Kingsman. See you guys next time. Bye! Bye! Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.